outside of the endless pinpricks of light across the night sky. There is very little in the deep darkness of space to create light. However, this blood-red, boiling, angry planet below them, looking out the windscreen of the second chance across this utterly inhospitable and desolate planet, churning, boiling, burning, the fire erupting out from these volcanoes, just noticeable even from orbit where they are currently located. However, that is not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is this crackling blue energy sparking and arcing across the surface through the atmosphere of this planet. Looking out at this admittedly beautiful spectacle, the camera angles down at the flight deck in front of Nikora, where he sits in the captain's chair. This red light insistently flashing at him, blinking on and off and on and off pulsating with the red glow so integral to the notification systems of this spaceship, the second chance. However, on the monochromatic screen in front of him, emergency, batteries discharging. Looking back up from this, Nakora stares out across this vast emptiness of space with this beautiful sparkling blue orb in the distance, sighing to himself, resigned that he has no idea what they're going to do to get out of this situation. A familiar voice comes over the intercom. Sir, if I may, it appears as though our batteries will be fully depleted in 32 minutes and 45 seconds. If we do not do something before then, I am afraid. Nikora just holds his hand up. I know, Chance, I know. We're going to die. We're going to run out of power on the ship. We can only idle the engines for so long before running out of fuel. Is there anything at... And he stops mid-sentence says, The red light flashing and the warning displayed on the display... Changes into a proximity alert. Chance, what's going on? Nakora says. Sir, it appears as though I have just barely been able to pick up some sort of broadcast repeating over and over and over again. Would you like me to play it? Nakora sighs to himself. Yes, of course I want you to play it, Chance. Over the tinny, admittedly crude flight deck speakers aboard the second Chance comes a robotic sounding, repeating message. Warning to all ships entering effigy space. It is no longer used as a navigational beacon. Warning to all ships entering effigy space. This is highly dangerous and unstable now. There appears to be some sort of energy field which drains the power from your batteries. Warning to all ships entering effigy space. If you have arrived on the day side of the planet, you will be in dire danger of losing all electrical power and being left to drift. Warning to all ships entering effigy space. If able, immediately make haste to the night side of the planet where it appears that these effects are reversed. Warning to all ships. Effigy space is officially closed as a navigational beacon. This warning to avoid the space echoes through the flight deck of the second chance and Nikora looks down at Petra. We got 30 minutes to get the hell out of here. Let's fire up the engines, use what we can of what battery we have left, and make our way to the other side. Petra looks back up at Nikora. How do we know we can trust whoever, whatever that was? Nikora shrugs. It's not like we have much of a choice. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll, the solo RPG playing podcast where we are currently playing Ironsworn Starforged. Before... Launching into the episode, I do want to apologize for the length of time that has passed between the release of the last episode and now. 
there's been a lot going on at work and just been trying to pick up as much extra work as I can on the side and I just haven't had the time or ability to do any recording. So I'm happy to have the time today in order to do so. So hopefully they'll be able to become a little more consistent with my release schedule. But right now there's no promises just with the craziness at work and everything else going on in life right now. So it may seem like there is a little bit of good news for Nikora and the second chance with the discovery of this navigation beacon telling them they need to go to the dark side of the planet. But during the initial roll, which I did off camera just to keep a nice smooth transition right into the intro, I did roll that uh, unforeseen aid comes to help out the second chance. And then my prompts off of the um, tables was leave and desolate. So to me, the positive aid was that we need to leave this side of the world and that it's desolate, there's nothing left here, and that it was an old navigation buoy. Functionally, this used to be part of some route through the system. However, now due to this strange crackling blue energy, which we don't know anything about, it's no longer safe. Since it's been over a week since I last recorded episode 16, I think it's definitely worth, even just for myself, doing a recap of what exactly has been going on with the story with Nakora and the Second Chance and now Petra, who has joined their little ragtag band. So last episode started off with Nakora, who found the picture of Petra and her twin sister that was sitting on her little part of the ship where she tends to sit and noticed that she's wearing a strange coat of arms in the picture, appears to maybe belong to one of the noble houses. However, before he gets a chance to really investigate or explore this, he was informed by chance that someone was down near the uh, cargo box, which is where Nikora keeps all of his various scavenged goods and the, um, the little skiff fatty we haven't seen yet, and more importantly, where Subject Alpha, the recovered artificial intelligence from the Prosperity, which Nikora is attempting to return to Creed on um, does our first actual Iron Vow, who is currently located on the planet Tier, which we haven't spent any time investigating yet. So having no idea what exactly Petra's doing down there, Nikora raced downstairs with his gun on his hip and discovers that Petra has a, attached a explosive two second chance and has the detonator in her hand however luckily he was able to successfully talk her down and learning that she is in fact a noble and that he agrees to keep uh, subject alpha air gapped from the rest of the ship and to help petra return this ai unit back to her family wherever that is we don't know yet and due to some insanely good roles, she even agreed that she might be potentially okay with making a copy of Subject Alpha's memory core and allowing Nikora to return that to Creed, which was just the agreement they wanted. Creed wasn't necessarily interested in the whole unit, just the memory core itself for whatever reason we don't know yet. That led us swearing an iron vow to Petra, and however, Subject Alpha is still damaged and needs to be um, restored to even begin this Iron Vow due to a pretty bad role we had there. 
So first off, the next most important thing we need to do is reach an anchorage in order to resupply the ship so we can undertake a journey to where we need to go and hopefully find some parts or even better, some kind of mechanic who can help us repair Subject Alpha. The episode concluded with our first jump bringing us to a furnace planet engulfed in a fiery blue energy storm, which appears to be sucking away all of the energy aboard the second chance, potentially leaving them unable to enter the drift and maybe even unable to power their life support systems. With our little recap concluded, let's get into it. So upon learning about the existence of this navigational buoy and its repeated message of needing to get to the night side of the planet functionally, which for some reason causes this energy drain to potentially at least diminish, if not outright reverse, and provide some sort of charging of energy to any ships or whatever in the area. I think that a good place for us to start off is... Do we still have enough power on the second chance in order to fire up the engines? And honestly, I think it's not a huge energy drain, so I think it's likely. 91 is a no, so we do not have the energy required to start up the engines. What do we need to sacrifice in order to reroute enough energy on board the second chance to get the engines started up? Or is there a way to overload them? I think Nakora is just rapidly typing away on the console in front of him on the flight deck of the second chance. And we're going to attempt to secure an advantage here. So, when you assess a situation, make preparations or attempt to gain leverage. Speed, resolve, strength, deception, expertise. I don't know if this is going to be with speed or with expertise. I think that we need it to go quick. This is going to be with edge, which for us... Is a simple two. Now, I always forget about it, but would Zari help us with this at all? I don't think so. None of her rolls make sense. All right. On our action dice, we rolled a five, which is a seven. And on our challenge dice, we had a two and a nine, which does give us a weak hit. Securing advantage. When you hit on a hit, you succeed. On a weak hit, choose one, plus two momentum, or plus one on the next move. We're going to take plus one on the next move. So Nakora is able to successfully reroute power into the engines, functionally by draining down non-essential furnishings like the Vitapro machine and unnecessary lights and the weapon system and other things like that. So Nakora is rapidly typing away all of a sudden all of the overhead lights, which I don't think it's like bright in here, but they all go out and it's replaced by this eerie red glow of the emergency lights. Nikora looks up from where he's been typing furiously. Petra, can you chart us a course in order to get over to the other side of the planet as quickly as possible? We're losing power like crazy here, especially with the engines running. Petra's fingers are dancing over the, the little console in front of her, and she glances back at him. Nikora, I'm sorry, but without your sensor suite and any of your aspects are all offline, I have really no way of knowing what... Nikora just puts his hand up and says... Not now, Petra. We need to get moving. Give me a visual course if needed. We'll plot it ourselves. As her fingers dance over the keyboard, Nikora initializes all of the procedures to get the engines ready for moving. So to me, with the engines fired up, I think this is just going to be a simple face danger roll. And we have to do it with speed. It's the only way right now. So 
We are reacting to something risky or an imminent threat. We have a very little amount of time in order to get over to the dark side of the planet with our dwindling energy reserves. However, we do get a plus one on this roll, so that brings our edge up to three. Oh no. Oh, this is bad. On the challenge dice, we got an eight and a nine and a five on the action dice. Even with our plus three, that's an eight. That is a fail, a miss. On a miss, you fail, or a momentary success is undermined by a dire turn of events. Pay the price. I think they get close. They get really close. Out of the corner of the camera, you can see this meter showing the energy left in the reactor core dwindling and dwindling, lower and lower towards zero, while at the front you see this dark edge of the planet only lit by these roiling firestorms and plumes of volcanic eruption and fire from the planet below, casting this distinct difference from the swirling energies of these blue electrical-like discharges from the side of the planet that's illuminated by the star. As they get closer and closer to this edge, Korra, with this sound of glee and happiness, says, Looks like we're going to make it. I think we're just going to make it. Chance, what do you show? Sir, it appears to me as though we are... As he fades out to static, without warning, just as they're about to reach the safety of the night side of the planet, this massive discharge of electricity engulfs the front of the ship as they fly through one of these tendrils of energy, almost moving like, now that they're a little closer to it, almost moving like something living, something organic, like a tentacle of energy erupting from the planet. And everything goes dark. No emergency lights. No comforting voice of chance over the intercom. Nothing. No sound. No pain. Utter darkness besides the faint illumination from the blue crackling energy mixing with the red glow of this furnace planet below them. Let's roll and see what we get on our pay the price. 100 roll twice. 32. Collateral damage or unintended effect. 69. Waste resources. As this crackling blue energy washes through the ship out the other side, left with this darkness in front of them. Cora's eyes go wide as he looks down at Petra sitting in her chair, frozen, unable to move. Cora realizes they're in deep shit, and he scrambles out of his chair as the spaceship is completely at its own, adrift, tumbling through space. Gravity's gone. The gravity generators are offline. So Petra's kind of sitting there suspended, held to into her chair at their harness, and Nakor kicks off from his chair, attempting to glide through the tumbling spaceship. They need to get to their suits. They don't have much time. Already, you can see the almost crystallizing cold of steep space spreading across the viewport outside as the cold begins to seep into the spaceship. So this roll is going to cause us to take a hit to our supply, bringing us down to zero. Functionally, what this will mean is if we survive and have to make repairs to the ship, it's going to use up what very little supplies are left aboard the second chance, leaving us currently unprepared. Now there's not a lot of time left for Nikora and Petra. The oxygen on board the spaceship quickly being used up by them breathing. Let's see, do they have enough time to get down and put their spacesuits on without making any rolls or anything. It's just, there's plenty of oxygen. It's a fairly big ship. I mean, it's really not. And donning a spacesuit does take time. I think it's unlikely. 
83, no, and almost very close to being a strong miss. So they don't have time to do it all. They need to go quickly, which to me, unfortunately, implies another face danger roll. Now, I think this isn't necessarily about moving quickly, but more about helping each other out. I think that this is totally possible as long as they work together, help each other out by getting the suits on. I mean, I think you can probably get a sp- one of these quick donning space suits on by yourself, but without the help of somebody else, I think it's quite difficult to do. Nakora sees Petra strapped into a chair, frozen in fear, or just at the alarmed at what's gone on, and he about to kick his way down the stairs into the lower portion of the spaceship where the suits are currently having been hooked back up to the oxygen generator are located. Seeing her, he quickly turns himself around and kicks off the ceiling, floating over to her, starts to unbuckle her, and she comes back to snapping to, undoing her buckle, putting a hand on Nakora, nodding, and the two of them kick off together, kick off the ceiling, and attempt to get down into the lower decks of the ship where those suits are. I think just going to kind of roll this whole thing into one roll. Now, one would think this is speed, mobility, and agility, which it might be. Actually, you know what? I think this makes the most sense. We're going to start off with securing advantage, then face danger. One using speed and the other using uh, social command functionally. So what makes the most sense? I think that in order to accurately operate in zero G and get yourself down into an area, we're going to secure an advantage with speed, mobility, and agility, plus edge, which is a two. And I actually think that she will help us out on this because of her space mining background, which will give us a plus one. And I think plus one momentum on a hit. It's plus one momentum with her help. Okay. We just can't catch a fucking break. All right. On our challenge dice, we rolled a nine and a seven. And on our action dice, a two, which would be a five, which means it's another miss. That was with speed, mobility, and agility. On a miss, you fail, your assumptions betray, or your assumptions betray you, pay the price. So I do think what probably happens here is that Nikora and Petra just get tangled up with each other. But let's roll on our pay the price table and see what happens. We got a 64. Your vehicle suffers damage. Okay, I can kind of see how this might work. So as uh, Nikora and Petra are maneuvering their way through the ship in zero G, they get one point in their haste. Nikora attempting to kick himself off of one of the walls, does so a little too hard and sends uh, something careening across the ship, smashing into something important, causing damage to the ship. Obviously, it's not like taking a laser bolt to the ship, but it does do some damage to something electronical that's sensitive. So that will cause one damage to the second chance, bringing it from five down to four. So that's not too bad so far. Reaching the bottom of the ship, two of them begin to attempt to help each other don the spacesuits. We already talked about this will be face danger with heart because it's more important that they're helping each other out than anything else. And I also think that honestly that her ice miner is going to help. She's been in and out of these types of suits frequently due to that career. That would have been a plus two for us, which is a five. And we got an eight and a nine. We have yet to have a good roll yet this session. I don't have the momentum to burn to make it a hit. It's a miss. 
luckily without doubles. Once again, we will have to pay the price. Let's see what happens. 48. A new enemy is revealed. Now, the most obvious answer for this would be that Petra's the enemy, but I don't think so. So Petra and Nikora, struggling their way down into the basement or the bottom of the ship, start to help each other get these space suits on, which is, of course, difficult because it's utterly pitch black in here. Now, we talked about this energy wave which washed through the ship, draining all the power of everything. However, these spacesuits are designed to deal with high levels of radiation and energy impact and are probably still have some juice left in them. I think that's something we need to find out. So I think it's likely that they still have power. 74, we got it by one. A 75 would have been a no. So the spacesuits have power. How much power? We simply don't know. But... As they're assisting each other in silence and in the, the more or less darkness of this area till they get the little shoulder-mounted lights illuminated on one of the suits, in which case it illuminates the darkness down in the hold of the second chance. And they see the faintest flicker of something off in the darkness down towards where the entry into the box is. Just this faint shimmer, something almost translucent, something about the size of a human. Something with just the slightest bit they were able to see at that moment. Something that was floating in the darkness. Something with long tendrils hanging down from beneath it. And this strange thing, which is transitioning, adapting to the light as the chorus spins around, looking panicked, spacesuit only partially on, seeing nothing, just this faint movement out of the corner of his eye. It's a little different, though. He can almost feel like he's being watched, like he's trapped. What is happening? What is this thing? This. Has the oxygen deprivation already come in? He looks down at his wrist-mounted gauge. No, there's still a, a bit of oxygen left in the room. He can feel something's off. He looks down at Petra, making the universal point in his eyes and pointing off into the darkness where these little shoulder-mounted lights are basically completely illuminated the room and... There's nothing there, and she looks back at him and gestures to her almost finished suit. The question is, do they have time to finish donning their suits before whatever happens, happens? 50-50. Five. Zero five. Extreme yes. Now completely unsure of what he might have seen, or if he even saw anything at all. The two of them quickly finish securing the last of the locks on the suits and begin the climb back up the ladder in order to assess the situation of exactly what's going on here. With the magnetic functions of these suits, through the shoes, through the boots basically, they're attached to the deck when all of a sudden, out of the darkness, this tentacle comes reaching out slowly towards the light on Petra's shoulder. As this strange, translucent, flickering tentacle gets closer to Petra's light, the light itself starts to dim slightly and Petra kind of looks over her shoulder at the light, hits it and out of the corner of her eye sees this tentacle coming towards her, which is attached back to this bulbous floating shape with these two tentacles dangling below it and this one single eye, which blinks and as it does, the creature vanishes from sight through the crackling static of their radios. 
Nakora, I don't think we're alone down here. There's something in the darkness, hunting. Nakora is already climbing his way back up the ladder. What do you mean, something? And with that, our episode fades to black. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to One Guy, One Roll as we play through Ironsworn Starforged. Once again, let me apologize for the length of time between the last episode I was able to release and this one. Things have been really chaotic at work, and with having had COVID, I haven't had a chance to record a backlog of different episodes, and I'm really happy to be once again exploring this world with Nikora Sokolov, and it just feels good, and I'm excited to hopefully get things kicked back up again and be able to produce content more regularly, although scheduling being what it is, It's currently a little bit crazy at the moment. On the bright side, however, I would like to issue a very warm welcome to our first Patreon member here at One Guy, One Roll, Journeyman West. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. And if anybody else is interested in checking out the Solo Role Playing Guild, it's over on patreon.com slash one guy one roll as always just listening and taking the time out of your day is more than enough support i need but a little bit of extra support does go a long way to helping me keep this podcast going and producing more content as always i've been your host player and gm hero cities signing off take care and stay safe out there y'all